ahead and get into this episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Gregor Jr. In front of me are my very lovely friends, Calvin McGowan and Philip Dixon. And you, if you guys have not noticed, we got merch now, baby. It's hat day. It's hat day. You can get this lovely. Go ahead, DM me so you can figure out how to get this lovely hat. But until then, guys, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let the people hear your voice. Uh, what's up, y'all? Once again, Kyle McGowan. And over the weekend, I saw a coach get a tech during halftime. So, yeah. Nice. Well, what's going on, everybody? Philip Dixon, a.k.a. Seasonal Illness. And, you know, uh, should we end this one? We're to go in. All right. So, it's been, what, a little over a week into the NBA season. I just realized I forgot my mic. But regardless, since we only have, like, three or four games to go off of, let's go ahead and get straight into NBA hot topics. And, well, hot takes. Hot topic is a different story. We don't really want to go there. Uh, Philip. Go ahead and let us get your hot takes for this early season. So, first of all, I get plenty of t-shirts from Hot Topic to this day from the mall, so chill out. Secondly, um, okay, so when it comes to my hot takes for the NBA season so far this year, excuse me, the first one I'm going to go for is, I I mentioned this earlier this year, but I think it needs to be stated because ESPN dropped their top 10 teams this year, or this year so far, and Lakers were number eight. This is today, um, the 25th of October. And the Lakers this year are very reminiscent of that Cleveland Cavaliers team with Dwayne Wade and with you know, Derrick Rose and you know the stacked team for LeBron, except at that moment, LeBron wasn't 36, right? And continuously aging. I think he turned 37 in December or something like that. Um, so, with that being the case, the Lakers are not good. <laughs> you, they almost lost to the Grizzlies yesterday. Granted, the Grizzlies are doing well, but the only reason they beat them is because John Morant missed a free throw. If, they, if he doesn't miss a free throw, they go to overtime, I think the Grizzlies win. I was watching the entire game. But also, Carmelo went off for 20-plus 20 20 points. And if you're depending on Carmelo nowadays to go for 20 plus points on a regular basis, then you're setting yourself you're setting yourself up for failure, right? Um, so my, that's my first hot take. The Lakers are not a good team. Uh, uh, yeah. So what do you think about that? Okay. That's, that's fair, I guess. It's kind of early to tell for me. Yeah, I don't know if they're not a good team, but you can tell they, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing as a unit yet. Like, it is obvious that Westbrook is lost in his best game so far was against the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, I think him as like a slasher, then he does uh, playmaking off that. That's going to help them, but it is kind of like a, a lot of people who do the same exact thing and they're used to being the top dog at what they're doing. Yeah. Like, it's gonna it's gonna take a minute for me to be like, oh, okay, I have to take a step back. It's yeah. gonna take a minute to feel that way. Uh, but well 
they be able to thrive in those roles in one team on a multitude of games against the NBA's best? Because when you saw them play with teams that have true chemistry, role players who know they're role players, the Phoenix Suns ran them out the building to where LeBron over here got to talk to Cameron Payne, the backup point guard, stay home. Stay home. He was at home a year and a half ago. Stay home. LeBron, you and LeBron, you got to talk to this man. But LeBron knows got to talk to that man because that's a real team. Like a team team that's going to go far. Because their chemistry is more than just a bunch of guys, a bunch of stars and former stars who will figure out the role. They have guys who have, who know the role and will thrive in the role. And I don't even have the Phoenix Suns winning the West. And they throttled them. Right, and yes, it's early in the season, but we think the hot takes, right? So I'm giving out hot takes. The Phoenix, if the Phoenix Suns can do that to them right now, I don't trust the parts that the Lakers have to be able to adjust to the degree that Phoenix, that uh, the Nuggets, that the Clippers are gonna have together with cohesiveness. Um, you know, and and also, Russell Westbrook's best days are behind him. I saw that man yesterday with the Memphis Grizzlies hesitate on so one position. I'll give an example. Swing the ball around, Westbrook had an open three. Okay, Westbrook doesn't want to shoot three, but you know, usually Westbrook doesn't want to shoot three. He like pump fakes or he drives for a little mid range, right? Now, Alan, you're an OKC fan. That mid-range, that elbow jump shot used to be full speed automatic for Westbrook. Like, like that was his shot. Like, full explosion, boom. For Westbrook, gets the ball three-point line yesterday. Pump fake, goes to the uh, the mid-range elbow, dribbles, breaks somebody down. Try, tries to break somebody down. Boom. Jumps up, shoots that shot that we're all accustomed to shooting. Air ball. Fourth quarter. I'm like, it's the beginning of the season. You're not hurt, and you should have your legs under you so far at this season, at this corner season, excuse me. And that's what I'm looking at right now. Secondary hot take to lead off of that. Russell Westbrook's best years are behind him, and Russell Westbrook has the kind of game that he won't survive like uh, LeBron. He will fall off a cliff like a Paul Pierce or like every other actual player that's not LeBron James, right? Or Michael Jordan. He will fall off that cliff in terms of productivity and it's going to be bad for him at some point in the next three years. Watch. Okay. See, I'm, I'm really not mad at that at all. I agree with both. Well, the Lakers take a little bit less just because you got LeBron. I think LeBron at some point is going to force everybody to know what their role is or he'll take a step back and like force them to figure it out actually sounds a little bit more correct because he passed progressive he ain't gonna tell nobody to do nothing granted you remember you remember i saw a clip where something happened in the before and maybe got maybe maybe he got fouled and he got didn't think got fouled whatever it was something that happened to where they were on defense the lakers had to go back no, they were on the offense. They had to go back and play defense. And Doris Burke was like, is LeBron going to get back? Because the whole possession happened, and LeBron just, just sat there and stood in the backcourt. And even Doris Burke was like, what's going on? 
And if LeBron's doing that this early in the season, thing in that and that's LeBron, things aren't gonna dwell well. Uh, but that's my first take. My yeah. second take: Steph Curry's gonna win MVP. Ooh, okay. That when they're gonna be, they're they're gonna be they're a fine team right now. And that guy came out the first game looking like he was in his twenty fifth game, right? They're gonna be they're gonna be fine in terms of record. If Clay Thompson comes back, he's gonna have like a chip on his shoulder to you know be productive. And they have other people, Poole, Wiggins, who aren't gonna have to take up as big of a role, but will be good for the young careers more so. Poole to like get the third and fourth options, so they're gonna be fine, right? But Steph Curry is listen as a guy who has historically hated Steph Curry. He is ridiculous. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. He is ridiculous. On the ball. Off the ball. Uh, dribbling. Uh, shooting. Uh, finishing with that crazy... Not crazy layup package, but crazy enough that it, like, gets it's effective. Like, and he's in mid-season form at the beginning of the season. So just imagine later on when he's doing ridiculous things, right? The things we saw Jalen Brown do against the Knicks for that double overtime game are things that people go, oh my gosh, Jalen Brown. He was just doing things that Curry does on a regular basis. Like, like pulling up the logo, hitting it, sitting against the over. So Curry is on a regular basis, but I've always taken it for granted. But for some reason, right now, it's starting to hit me like, this is stupid. Like, this is, like, this is unreal to watch. And, uh,. Once again, I'm not a Steph Curry lifer, but I do think Steph Curry has a great chance, if not one of the best chances, because the team is centered around him, to win MVP this year. Look, from a productivity standpoint, I think you are 100% right, but I don't know if that's going to amount to Ws. Like, there were points at during, like, even the 25-point quarter, where it's like, Steph Curry's really good, but everybody else... Nah, like I, I and I get Jordan Poole is up and coming. Jordan Poole is still a third option. They got him basically being the second option right now. Yeah, but then you got Clay Thompson coming back. I, 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 I think that. Bro. Like, that's, a, that's like 45 games. Yeah, but I just think that Steph Curry is, you know, if he does similar production as last year, He's gonna have a easy. He's gonna have a good chance to MVP. Also, because you know his game is exciting, right? So the kind of uh, wow factor of it also that comes in MVP as well. Uh, but that, but I had Joel B winning earlier. I kind of changed that too. I'm probably thinking Steph Curry's gonna win it uh, at this moment. Uh, and my third one is right, before you get to your third one. Y'all remember last week when we were talking about. Um... How Buddy from thinking basketball was like, Steph Curry's the best player in the league. We were all like, ah, no. Yeah, here you are, ruining it. No, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> he's not best player in the league. MVP does not mean best player in the league, right? I don't think he's best player in the league. I'd rather have other players than him, right? Uh, but just the way the MVP vote is set up, I think he's prime for the picking. Um, I, I personally would rather have for example, Jokic, right? I know he's in the win. I know he 
hasn't won like games yet in terms of just like championships. But Sakura's a guard who sometimes gets injured. Uh, and Jokic is a big man that can do everything that will play every single game because he doesn't rely on athleticism and like quick twitch fiber muscles, right? He just kind of does his thing out there, but at a crazy, crazy high level. So that's one example of like a person right now that I might choose to surround to to um, centerpiece my team. But I don't think he's the best player in the league. I just the way that MVP is set up that he has a prime opportunity to take that trophy for this year. Okay. Yeah. So don't 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 you dare put that. <laughs> you think flip flopping? You think Kyrie? Oh, not Kyrie. Definitely Kyrie. You think uh, Steph Curry is the best player in the league? Definitely not. Um, my third one. I will say the Bulls are going to finish fifth in the East. Now, if you look at their schedule, the teams they're playing have not been fantastic. They won't play three teams, right? They played the one Pelicans and the um, Detroit Pistons. Um, and they've not been good, but they've been dropped. They've been throttling them. But I've watched every game, not just the highlights, but every game. And the way they play together, the pieces line up, it's going to translate towards every team. They play defense first. The opposite, on the opposite end, they move that ball a lot. Because they have players who move the ball. And almost every single one of the players plays the game differently. They, so they have their own roles fitted. You know, you have DeMar DeRozan, who late in games, mid-range jump shot, that's almost automatic, and he can still get to the rim and dunk on you like he did the other day, right? Um, you got Zach Levine, who can back cut, who can, who arguably is the best athlete the NBA has ever seen, right? Especially when it comes to jumping. Uh, but also, he can shoot off the catch, and he's got a crazy step back jump uh, three, which is nuts. Uh, I think last year he said he shot like four, 40, 40% from three when he did a step back, which is which has been translating over to this year. Then you have Lonzo Ball, who just does everything. But like, he just does everything. Like he's a stat filler, right? He's a stat sheet filler. Um, no, the worst part of his game is his driving game. But you don't need him to drive like that when you have Jamar DeRozan and Zach Levine on your team, uh, who are getting double when they drive, <clears throat> kick, shoot. He's like now for he's like now around always like a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter. So he's doing his thing. Then you have the big man down there from, from New Orleans who just, get, he, boy, he got 19 rebounds the other day. The first game he had a double-double in the first quarter. You know what I mean? So, like, they all do something different, and that's going to translate over. And it's kind of what I was talking about when it came to the Lakers, right? Too many guys, as you mentioned, Alan, too many guys do the exact same thing. So, um, the teams that aren't built that way are going to thrive more and have more success. I think in the East, the Bulls are a prime example of that. Uh, and we're going to see it when they play better teams. Um, but I think it's just something to look out for. They're going to be, people have them like as like a playing bubble game. Like that's how they're going to get in, playing bubble. As the playing game has going to get into the playoffs. But I think legitimately they're going to be easily the fifth seed because they're way better. Dallas is trash this year. So um, I that's my hot take for them. Um, see, I, again, I, I like your early hot takes. I keep saying I agree with them because I do. Uh, anytime I see DeMar DeRozan out here posterizing people, like it's 2008 and we in Toronto, I get excited. 
I don't expect that from him no more. Uh, and I, I don't know if it was just because he was with the Spurs and they really see highlights from him for the last couple years. And I, I didn't think he could jump like that no more. I truly think what it was, though, right? He went to the Spurs and then, like, the last couple years, the Spurs weren't winning, winning. Like, they're, they're like a 500 team, a little under 500 team, whatever, the entire time. So we didn't look at the Spurs, right? Uh, they weren't nationally televised team, all kinds of stuff. So we kind of just missed out on but we all not missed out. We just forgot that DeMar DeRozan is really that guy who averages 20 plus points every single year. And, uh, you know, it's going to take this, this year. People are going to remember. Let's just say that. Bro, Spurs fans must be bored as hell. Because y'all remember when we were talking about like the pretty basketball in like what they had in like 2014? Imagine doing that with like like rookies and like mid-level dudes. I imagine that is not fun to watch anymore. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was all, you know, Spur basketball is all fine, Danny. When you have Tony Parker, Martin Ginobili, Tim Duncan, and, uh, you know, Kawhi Leonard. But get rid of them, and you have, like. Keldon Johnson, who's decent, but. Yeah, you know. Johnson's great, but, like. Yeah, you know, you just have people that. Uh, are you invested? You know what I mean? Uh, right, yeah, so it's just like, you know, do they play good basketball? They can play good basketball, like, fundamentally sound basketball. But like them, we have no stars. So like, they be a star driven, a star driven league. So that kind of just sucks for them. <laughs> Ain't got nothing to do with me. Yet. Not at all. I'm not San Antonio. Shout out to Michelle Beadle though for getting that job done there. How was she doing now? She she works for the Spurs now. Because uh, I first learned about her doing like Sports Nation when I was in high school and stuff. Yeah. But now she like, doesn't work for anything. She just works for like the Spurs organization doing like their. There, like we're reporting down there just just for the Spurs though, because that's 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 where she's originally from. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Question though, because you was, said you think the Bulls are going to be fifth. Uh, it was. Uh, Who do you think is going to be ahead of them when when it all shakes out? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So I think uh, for sure Philadelphia. Uh, uh, I think for sure. Um, sucks. I'm trying to think of the teams. Uh, the Jazz? That's the Jazz is, no, the Jazz is West. No, the Jazz are West. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Throw them from the East Coast teams. Uh, Knicks. Bucks. No. Okay, Bucks, for sure. Heat. Bucks in Philadelphia. Say again. The Heat. Heat, yes. Uh, Hawks. No. Nets. But I'm gonna give the Nets yes, just because like clout they have so far, right? They start they start off well, but I'll give it to them. Okay. Celtics? No. Um Definitely not the Hornets. Literally, like I think like those are the four teams for sure that could be ahead of them. Okay. Like four and then like after after that, it's all up in the air. Right, um, but I think people once again, people look at names, and for some reason, Zach Levine is still underrated. Like Zach Levine is such a good basketball player, and he's better basketball player than anybody thought he would be too. I remember when he came out, they're like, "Oh, he's gonna go to the G League at first, and they're gonna move him back up." He ain't touched the G League. Uh, he won a dunk contest. He's a dunker. His three-point percentage is nuts. 
Oh, uh, okay. He has, that's just a dunker. He's just, he's just, no, he's just a role player guy. <laughs> uh, do you see his all-star performance last year? Right? His, his, say again? Average is 30. Yes. And on a team by himself where he wasn't getting open looks on a regular basis. So now he's getting open looks and he, bro, every time he jumps to do a layup, he legitimately looks like he's about to throw it down. Every time. And this is post-ACL tear, right? Remember he had ACL surgery? This is after that. I'm like, this is ridiculous. It's honestly mind-boggling to watch this guy play basketball. But the, but he has a team around him that finally compliments him. And Kobe White is still injured. It hasn't even come up yet. And he came off the bench. And that's a good shooter. Just like a role-player guard to come off the bench for sure. Right, because right now they don't have enough. They don't have great scoring off the bench. Because you're depending on Alex Caruso to be the scoring the bench, you're not doing fantastic, right? Um, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball playing defense in the end of second quarters and in the end of full quarters is a sight to behold. Like you like basketball, basketball, you should watch the Bulls. It's like they're gonna have, they're gonna be, you know, good fundamentally, but also. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan on the team. <laughs> so, people are going to be put in the rim as well. It's, it's crazy. Well, look, you're going to make me have to buy some uh, stock in the Bulls. I usually don't mess with them like that. And even with their new roster. Not that all, all that interested, but if DeMar DeRozan could be posterizing people, I could watch them. Because I'm, I'm looking through this and I'm like, maybe I'm missing something. Has Zach Levine ever been in the playoffs? No. You got him. And that's why, and that's why it's still underrated. But he hasn't been in the playoffs. But this year, Zach Levine already said this is the best team he's had around him ever. When he was in Minnesota, he was in Minnesota. When he was in the Bulls, whatever. Right? This is the best he had around him. And now we can just see if he really bad about it. You know what I mean? Because he could have been doing the Kevin Love. You know what I mean? Put up crazy numbers, but your team loses every game, right? But now we're going to see, okay, you have like a, you have a fine team around you that you don't know what the expectations can lead to. So let's see what you're about that now. And uh, the first game, he dropped like 30 something. So. Like, I need the Knicks to be their first round matchup because those, that seems like two teams that actually would like to fight. And I'm down for that. The Knicks, okay, it's not a hot take, but the Knicks are really fun to watch. And I, think, and I think it's, like, you know how some teams are fun to watch, but, like, a lot, some some of the teams are fun to watch because, like, any, any excitement play they have, they're, like, front row crowd is just, like, ignorant and great and energized. And the Knicks just have a great fan base who is, so, but, like, not they're, they're energized, not like Laker fans who don't know basketball. They're just like, we've been really bad for a long time, delusional fans. And I really appreciate that more than we win all the time. So, like, we think we're the greatest thing ever fans. And the Knicks are losers. Like, the Knicks are losers. But their fans don't treat them as losers, right? So anytime they have an average season, you feel like their season's not average. Why is... Iggy Azalea and ASAP Ferg 
and I'm not getting coosed by Cleek because they're for every season, right? But why are these people on the front row of Knicks game for the first game? See, I'm assuming because they live there? They're average. They're average, right? They're an average, they're, they're an average team. But even when the Knicks are average, they bring out the stars. And it's, I truly think it's hilarious to watch this whole thing just like spiral. And if you're on Twitter and you follow any kind of Knicks fans, you know the ignorance. And I think it's hilarious. So I root for the Knicks just for the fans. Let's go ahead and move on to our next hot topic. And I guess that is me, unless you got another one, Phil. I do not, but I do got to go because I do not want to be coughing and slurping all throughout this podcast and make it ridiculously gross. All right. So, uh, but with that being the case, so I'm going to get out of here. Calvin, you have a good one. Uh, Ali, you have a good one. Sell the merch. Uh, and um, peace out. All right. Catch you, bro. Uh-huh. Hey, I'm going to say this. Okay, I'm going to say this now that he's left. Bro, when he is sick, he looks just like Brock from Pokemon. It is hilarious, bro. That shit is so funny to me. That's, that's uncalled for. How is that uncalled for? I told him to his face last time. This is hilarious. All right, um, on to hot takes. Yes. Um, so. I guess I'm just going to do this one so we can get out of the way. In spite of what I thought, I'm not. I don't think the Wizards are gonna be terrible this year, right? Please explain. So, I'm not gonna lie to you, right? Prior to the start of the season, um, I was talking, and person I was talking with, like he he had asked, right? Like, because I I guess the Wizards. The Wizards got a bunch of new dudes in a trade, right? A bunch of Laker players. Yeah. Um, and he's like, okay, so, like, what do you think or whatever? Like, how, how do you think they'll do? And, like, I looked at the roster, right? And I'm just like, this roster doesn't inspire confidence in me. Right? And, like, truthfully, just looking at it still, it's, it doesn't seem like a team that I'd be like, yeah, this is going to be a good basketball team, but, you know, so far they've played surprisingly well. You know, it's a team full of, you know, veterans, dudes who've been in the league for a minute. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, his, seeing his first games in, what, like a year, basically? Two years? Yeah, because it's an ACL, right? Yeah, and, like, through these first two games, no idea if he can keep it up, but it's like he's putting up 23, 5, and 7. Right? Like, Bradley Beal is Bradley Beal. Kuzma is apparently averaging 18 and 13. Like, but the thing is, I don't know if they can keep this up, but it's like it might be a more solid team than, like, you were just looking at the sheet would indicate. It's like, maybe it's the advantage of, like, having dudes on the team who have that experience. Yeah. Right, and kind of been there and like know how to operate. Um, and that being the case, you know, um, Bradley Beal having a more experienced um, supporting cast than he has in the past, as well as like his younger players being a little older, probably a little better. Right, this might not be a terrible team. Now, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna be here and be like, 
they're gonna be at the top of the East. They, they, they won't. Like, <laughs> they won't. I'd be, I'd be very surprised, right? But like, I. But it's like if, if they make the play and like we look up and they're like the seven seed, six seed maybe. Like I wouldn't be nearly as surprised as I would have been prior to the start of the season. Okay, so you so you think you think they're better than like a play-in team? Possibly. Like I'm not sure, but like they. But it's just like the thing is, it's just been a couple games. That's not a good sample size to look at. But it's just like I think they're better than than like they looked like they were gonna be on paper to me anyway. Okay, uh, I might it might have to be another league pass stop I take because I have not seen them. I don't have any interest in seeing them. Uh, but you're going to force me to watch them, I guess. Thank you, Calvin, for giving me girls' homework. You'll be okay. Uh, if um, I don't, it's because I watch the Wizards. Um, in a what on what my second one is just that, like. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to be a play-in team this year. Like, I think, like, they'll be in the playoffs for real. Now, I don't think we're going to look up and they're, like, the top of the West for several reasons. One, young team. Two, like, there are several other teams that still exist. But, like, John Morant is playing out of his mind to start the season. Like, Jaron Jackson Jr. is healthy. And so far, what they're two and one, hmm? As if for like now. The, for now, yes. Like, knock on wood, you know, if not jinx it. But he's healthy. Um, their supporting cast is playing well, and they're doing this while Dylan Brooks is hurt, who's like their number three guy for real. And so, and like, so I feel like when he comes back, like they will be a more dangerous team because one of the dudes who they currently have starting. Uh, either Melton or Bain are probably going to be coming off the bench. And it's just like, that's... that's What do you do with that? Like, D- Morant can do basically what he wants, except shoot threes. He hasn't shot threes well this year. He didn't sh- shoot threes well last year, the year before that. And, like, maybe we'll look up and, like, oh, he's a better three-point shooter. But it's also just, like, he's so explosive. And it's just so good at getting to his spots and playmaking is just kind of like you kind of just have to deal with it um but like I I think this team is like going to be like solidly like a playoff team um a corollary to that is of course like I think the Clippers will be a play-in team at best and like I'm not gonna lie I thought they'd be I I don't know maybe it's just two games. It's kind of early to tell, but it's like early predict, early indications are they were somehow worse than I thought they would be without Kawhi, and like that's with Paul George playing very, very well. So, oh, oh when did you switch over to the uh, to the uh, Clippers? Can't even notice that. Well, it's just like obviously. The Grizz are playing well. Some teams have to get bumped down. And, like, some of that is can be, like, injury. Some of that can just be, like, the team gets worse or what have you. And some of that is would just be, like, the Grizz getting better and, like, just being a better team. Um, and, like, the thing was I 
I kind of figured, I kind of felt like the Clippers were a play-in team anyway, especially like with Kawhi out a decent chunk of the year. But like, they dropped their first two games and like, fairness, small sample size, right? But like, Paul George through those first two games has averaged 35 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, and two steals. Yeah. That's super PG thirteen. <laughs> like, and it's just, and it's just like they and it's like they they haven't so far so far they haven't won a game. Like they'll win one at some point, right? But the early indications aren't promising, right? No, Even I'm... if George puts up career numbers right now. Assuming, like, the rest of his team doesn't, like, play better. It's... They're in for a long season. Again, this is another team that I have put no stock into this season. Because what are the Clippers without Kawhi? The Pacers from a few years ago. They're actually lesser versions of the Pacers. Because they actually had some characters that were enjoyable to watch. Um, I get they got Reggie Jackson back, but unless Reggie Jackson is like either in the playoffs or playing against Russell Westbrook, it's not really fun to watch. Like, yeah, he can ball out a little bit, but unless you're averaging 25, I don't really want to hear about Reggie Jackson. And yes, this is coming from a hurt uh, Thunder fan who would like him to stay as a backup point guard, but no, people want to be starters, people want to go make money. That's cool. We would have gave you a bag. It would have been a much smaller bag. We would have gave you a bag. You just got to enjoy where you at, son. Uh, that's beside the point. I'm going to let bygones be bygones. Um, Calvin, are, is that the rest of your hot takes for this early season? Yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I got right now. The rest, I'm kind of just going to have to wait and see. Side note, apparently, um, Rudy Gobert is averaging 20 rebounds a game right now. Through two uh, games, admittedly, but yeah. Which game did he have, like, 20 plus? Uh, shoot, let me, let me look this up, because I was just, oh, here's stuff. I was just looking at it. Um, so, he... Both of them. Well, he the, the second game. So when they played OKC, he had 21. When we played Sacramento, he had 20. Okay, my bad. Our stupid line brother told me to tell you hi and said some other very rude things. AJ, you get a shout out on the podcast. <laughs> my line brothers get a shout out on the podcast. Yes, I'm saying this. Angry. I am imaginarily poking your chest. I hope you can hear this. Nah, I, I hope. Write something else in the comments. Uh, as besides the point, let's go ahead and move on to my hot takes. And the first one is, at this point in the season, the Nets need Kyrie Irving. What was that you were saying about death? Death is for untalented people. And I will continue to say that because... Let me look up the exact number for the Brooklyn Nets, but I believe they still have a winning record. Uh, let's look that up. 
the Nets are currently oof. Uh, currently, what was that you were saying about depth? Depth is four untalented teams. I will continue to say that, and I will be okay with being wrong. So, Brooklyn's looking kind of what now, though? Okay, look, they're looking kind of untalented, <laughs> being honest. So, uh, so even with Kevin Durant and James Harden, this team's offense is atrocious. When I tell you there is no movement whatsoever in their crew, core group, it's really, really bad. And then if you go past Patty Mills, Kevin Durant, James Harden, there are no other playmakers on this team. Like, their next best options for either shot making or some type of playmaking is LaMarcus Aldridge, who just retired. He didn't retire for that long. I think he was out of league for like six months. But him on the block is one of their best scoring options out of the aforementioned three people. And then we got to look at uh, and then we look at Blake Griffin as the other playmaker. And oh my goodness, if this was like 2014, this is a dream come true. Like this, this next team is almost reminiscent to how we were talking about with the Lakers earlier. I like all of the pieces and the difference between the Nets and the Lakers at this point is the Nets don't have like a bunch of repeating players. Like everybody has their own specific game and can kind of do what they do, but they're kind of like past the point where it's overwhelming for their opponent. Like, of course, you got two guys who can go out and win an MVP anytime they want. Uh, Patty Mills, who's probably going to play his way into an all-star role if they write this ship, this ship and they win, like, 50 games. I can saw all three of them getting there because they're going to have to put up the numbers, too. But what I am seeing is uh, there, was a, there was a point where it was like a pick and roll with, uh, I want to say, like, Bruce Brown and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant gives the ball to Bruce Brown. And instead of swinging the ball, Bruce Brown turns his back to the basket. If that is stuff that we got to look forward to for this team, it's going to be ugly for like a long time until they figure something else out. Like, I, I will say this again, and I will prove, be proven wrong eventually, but not today. Tap depth is for untalented teams. And this team is looking a tad bit untalented outside of their top three scores. And it's not like Patty Mills is that dude where he's like full on Kyrie, where like it doesn't matter who's in front of him, he gonna go get his bucket. Like, yeah, he can go get his bucket. He has not missed a three-pointer like this in, well, up until the game against uh, the Hornets. But there's, there's too much that there's too many times where they're going to have to rely on KD and Harden to play one-on-one. And that's great. But there's a 40-minute game. Like, unless they can do enough offense for, let's say, seven of those 12 minutes, which they do not seem capable of doing at this point, it's going to be rough. Like, they lost to the Nets while having a lead over the Nets. You got all overpowered offensively by the Hornets. 
not a bad thing. I will say that. Like they're often like they they have continuity. It is clear that they have like chemistry. They've been there together for a minute. But you should not be losing to the Hornets. Like, like they didn't even play Terry Rozier in that game. It's not like you got overwhelmed by numbers. Like you you lost to like Lamelo and um, what's my man that played for Michigan State, Miles Bridges, who I'm pretty sure he's he's taking the leap this year. He had 32. This man was out here making step back threes. Like, I don't know if it was just the Nets because they don't have any interior defense. Every time this man got like a step and was about to go dunk, they had to wrap him up and foul him immediately. So I don't know if that's like the rest of the league, but I think they might be scared of him at this point. And if that's the case, he automatically scoring 10 points just off free throws. And um, that's my thing for the Nets. I wish them well. I I don't even know who could be the plug-in guy at this point outside of Kyrie that can make this team look better. Like, Paul Millsap is probably like the fourth or fifth best player at this point. And he's a bona fide role player at this point. And I don't know what we're going to do with him defensively. There was a point where you could almost throw him on LeBron and he'd be like a mini LeBron stopper. I don't think he'd do that. That was seven years ago. Um, this next team going to have to figure something out because I refuse to look bad because I was rooting for Kevin Durant and James Harden. Leave them tightened up because they're making, they're making me look bad as a fan. And I don't like that. I don't appreciate nothing about what's going on in Brooklyn. Uh, the, the thing is though it's just like I, like I mentioned this two years you're over here like death is for untalented teams it's just like the rotation is trash though like especially without Kyrie like it was suspect with Kyrie right but it's without Kyrie right like it's it's iffy right like Javon Carter's behind hard which I, I love defense. I like Carter, but like, you know why you're putting him in, right? To play defense, and that's about it. They also haven't really played Cam Thomas at all, who is granted a rookie, but it's just like, I mean, is it really going to hurt you that much at this point? Yes. Yes, it is. I, oh, and wait, I, was he? Cam Thomas. I wouldn't say he's a ball stopper, but that's the end of the possession when the ball hits uh, Cam Thomas. Okay, sh- okay. Like, I think he was in for five minutes against, I want to say like open at night. He was in, in there for like five minutes. Okay. Every possession that he touched the ball, he shot that ball. He ended the night with like two points. So, It'd be completely different. This is Cam Thomas where it was like, okay, he'll automatic 12. Do I think at some point he'll get there? We have to look towards like mid-season. Um, but if we're talking about right now, you mean to tell me he, he can't even play defense. And if he can play defense, I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, something's going to have to shake. And I do not think it's going to be on the defensive side. 
And I, honestly, their defense isn't putrid, but I think they will definitely get exposed when they have to play against like a good team with like a wing score in any type of post threat. Like I think Clint Capella is going to have a crazy game against the Nets. Like it's going to be a fat double double, bro. We talking about like fifteen to fifteen, easy. That's that's fair, but again, also it's like just looking at the depth chart and. I don't really, I don't quite know how the minutes shake out, but it looks like you got a bunch of dudes playing close to 40 minutes tonight, if not more. Right, like 38 minutes. And it's just like, I don't know. You have James Harden, who's an amazing passer, so it seems like you'd want to get out and run a little bit. Just help take advantage of that. You run. The youngest dude on the team is like Nicholas Claxton. Fair, but it's just, it's just like, it seems like dudes are just going to be tired at the end of games. Right? And like it's cool like if like it's cool that you played a good 30 minutes. Right? A good what 36 minutes. But like if you don't hold out for that last quarter it's going to be hard to win games and it's going to be hard to do that when Everybody who's in the rotation at all is tired. Right? And, like, they'll pull some stuff out. Like, it's James Harden. It's Kevin Durant. You know, they they can drag the corpse of this Nets team along for a little while. But it's still just, like, your help not being able to hold out is going to hurt you. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And, um, I'm, I'm a fan and I don't really like being wishy-washy. I'm okay with being wrong. So I'm going to keep riding for the Nets until, like, Christmas. That is, that is, that's enough time for me to be like, I, I can take my gift back. I got the receipt still. It's whatever. It ain't going to hurt my feelings. Uh, my next hot, hot topic. My next hot take is by midseason, we will be talking about LaMelo Ball as a top 10, if not top 5 finisher in this entire season. LaMelo, just from like a length standpoint and just knowing his timing, I don't think there is a single player that's really going to be able to affect his shot at the rim outside of like Rudy Gobert and like specialty people like that. Um, I saw him take Kevin Durant off the dribble. I saw him take uh, Nicholas Claxton who was like seven foot tall, seven four wingspan, and like super athletic, and Lamelo Ball just doing like like mini baby hooks or like finger rolls over the top of like dudes with real wing. Like as far as speed, athleticism, and just knowing how to get your shot off and timing, I think by the end of the season we're talking about Lamelo Ball being one of the best players doing that and that is not even talking about what else he can do as a scorer because he's hitting a three pretty good this uh this year and then on top of that we're looking at a dude who's already the best probably not the best passer but at least top three top five in the entire league like whatever Lamelo ball is doing down in charlotte to put everything together it's going to be really tough like i like his future 
That's what, that's what I'm gonna say. It's gonna be really tough for people to stop him when he get going. And if he can just continue to add to his game, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be over for everybody when we talk about like top five point guards in the league. Bro, let me give us get a second to just say how much I appreciate the young talent in this league. Like, I can't think of a time where I was more calm about um, our older stars transitioning out. With that being said, I am only 25, which means I've only seen like one crop of stars like get up out of here. And that's like the older dudes from the 90s. And by the time that was happening, I was already like a super fan for like Kevin Durant and whatnot. So I could care less about like people getting cooked as they get older. But when we just talk about like from a point guard standpoint, like LaMelo Ball, Trey Young, John Morant, dudes like that. And I'm not even going past those, like that position, like shooting guard, which I don't know who, who plays shooting guard more, especially like who's supposed to be like young and good. Like the only person I can think of is like Kevin Horton. And he's not is exactly a shooting guard. He, he is, but I... He's not a dude that we're not gonna we're gonna be watching in ten years from now, and he won't be doing what he's doing now ten years from now. Like I think Lamella Ball has a chance to still be the superstar in like ten years. Trey Young still has a chance. John Morant still has a chance. Exactly being that's like year what 16, 17 for him. Like that's gonna be like that. so. That, that's it. Right, shout out to like the talent that's coming in to this to these drafts. Like last year was a really good draft. I am I'm just super excited to see where the rest of the game goes. Um, and moving on to our next hot topic is going to why well, I keep saying hot topic, hot take. Hot take. You're right eventually, bro. Uh, <laughs> moving on to our next hot take is a. Uh, John Morant is going to win most improved player easily this year. You're talking about a dude who is currently tied for second in scoring at 35 points per game uh, with Paul George, you said earlier. I was, when I saw uh, John Morant was tied for first, I was wondering, like, who in the world could possibly be up there with him? Paul George. Makes sense because it's the first couple games of the season. And what else is he going to do besides put up great numbers and make us all think he is a little bit more than he actually is? Um, but no, John Morant is John Morant is walking into the discussion of. I think last year we had like we made a list of like five dudes that can win you a game just like off the strength of them being them. I think John Moran's about to take that step into into that mold. Like, he had 40 and 10 against the Lakers. And I get that this isn't like mid-season Lakers where they're like, their defense is completely there. But if you go like, look at the numbers from that team, that's him. He scored 30% of their points by himself if he did not miss that last free throw, he was going to force overtime. Like, he's special. 
he likes special special. Like this is just kind of piggybacking off what you said earlier. Um, he's shooting forty percent from the three point line, and I also think that's because he had like a crazy shooting game against the Lakers. Yeah, yeah most of that came in the Lakers. Exactly, but look, still early in the season, he was shooting thirty percent from the three point line in the, the first two games. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the overall number. And the fact that you scored 40 on 21 shots, I'm not going to get into the metrics, but 13 for 21, that's a pretty good shooting. Like, and he's been doing that on every single one of these. Like, he's he's making his shots. You're not going to stay in front of him. And he has, like, a better pace to his game now. Like, it's not all go fast, fast, fast. Like, there's, it's obvious when he shifts, shifts gears and gets at people that this is a completely different, like, game for him. And the way he's getting to the fruit throw line, like, early in the season, like, John Moran is that dude. Like, I am going to be okay with saying he gonna, he gonna finish the season being a top five point guard this league. Easy. Like, I could see him finishing this league 28, this season, 28 points, eight rebounds, four or five rebounds. Uh, eight assists, four or five rebounds. And I don't, I don't want to say this, but I saw the sixth seed jump into my head, which almost makes y'all like a 45 to 50 win team. And when I think about that number, I just don't believe. Yeah, it's early in the season. It really, a lot of games, uh, it really is. But like, John Morant's gonna be good, and as long as Jackson Jr. stays healthy, right? They're gonna get Brooks back. The like, especially once Brooks gets back, the team is going to be better, at least a little better than it currently is. Now, whether or not Morant and some of the other players keep up. The numbers that they have currently is a wait and see, but like six seed makes sense to me. Right, fifth or six makes sense to me, but yeah, maybe I'm ahead of myself or like biased. But yeah. Now, Calvin, I got one more question for you. That's gonna uh, help me out a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morant is currently averaging 23 shots per game. Is that high or is that about like on par for the number one? So, hmm. How many you said? 23. Uh, The only person that's currently shooting more than him is Paul George. And there's two other people, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, who are putting up just as many shots as he'll per game so far. I maybe that might be a little high, but like I think number one options tend to shoot around twenty a game. So like it's not like it's not insane or anything. Yeah. But it's probably on the slightly higher end of things. <sighs> Well, 
I, I just know this season is going to be really fun for Buddy. And uh, I got leaked past. And Calvin, if you downloaded that app that I sent you, you should have something similar to leaked past. So get on that. Okay. Yeah. But um, shoot, Calvin, if you don't have anything else to add, I think we can call this a podcast, my friend. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything. The only other thing you didn't want to talk about. So it is what it is. Oh, what other thing? Mm, the stuff with whatever is going on with the Suns owner. Uh, look, if you want to go ahead and be... I don't, like, I, I don't got that much. I just know it sounds like it's a, it's a mess. Kind of like the Sterling stuff from a few years back. Like, That's not a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this also isn't like the first time that the Suns owner has been called a goofy, so. I mean, we already know he's needlessly cheap. Like, that's been established. But that's not going to get you removed from having a franchise. Yeah. But yeah. We going to see what happens with that. Um, I try not to get into the messy stuff because that has nothing to do with basketball. Ask more like the soap opera. And, uh... I don't care about that whatsoever. If you got to go to jail, you got to go to jail, baby. You ain't got nothing to do with me. Or give up your the ownership of your team. I guess that's like less jail time, but, you know, still sucks. We'll never forget it as NBA uh, folk. Um, but Calvin, I think that wraps us up for the night. Uh, guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I have been your host, Alan Pettigrew Jr., in front of me is my main man, Calvin. Calvin, go ahead and sign us out. You know, once again, everybody, you know, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's always a pleasure, um, you know, joining us on, like, YouTube. You know, like, share, and subscribe. Come listen to us whenever you listen to your podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week. And the college basketball season starts in, what, about two weeks? It is. Speaking of which, we have a special guest coming in um for that podcast we're gonna have uh my former editor from busting brackets tristan freeman to come in with us he's covering a few um teams out where he lives and is just all over the college basketball experience so we're going to have some really good tea for you guys in about two weeks and i definitely think that's a podcast where calvin is gonna shine because i know that's your bad i know that's your bad I'm looking forward to it. Heck yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for tuning in. We're out of here.